healed his hearing. <laughs> Goodness gracious. So <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome to episode 17 of Geek Chew. I'm Eamon. And I'm Charlene. How are you? <laughs> uh, today we're going to be talking about Dark Horse Comics, The Past Away by Matt Kent, with art by Scott Collins, and ABC's new show, The Whispers. And uh, so I thought we're trying something different because of our weird schedules this week, recording in the morning. Hopefully our kids won't uh, make too much noise. I already heard Courtney like loud laughing in the living room yeah, just now. Because that's what he does. He's just loud. <laughs> so I feel like I haven't seen you all week because our schedules have been opposite. Yeah, well, the good news is that with you working so late, makes me stay up later and I get to watch more TV, so... <laughs> Is that good news? Because yeah. you also get zero sleep, it seems like. Well, you know, you win some, you lose some. What are you watching? Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I thought um, it was fun that uh, you put on So You Think You Can Dance earlier this week. We haven't watched that in um, quite a few years, but it reminded me of when we used to and the people we used to watch it with who are now moving to San Antonio as well. Um, but I, uh, I think that's a fun show. Um, and, oh, did you uh, catch up on it? No. Oh, you just we, watched we just, the first part. Yeah, we just, I just watched it, you know, with you. Um, but, uh, I also wanted to just like briefly touch on Game of Thrones. Cause I don't think, I think us trying to like talk about Game of Thrones as like an actual subject it's kind of like a fool's errand for us since there's so many other people that mm-hmm. um, are more uh, invested in um, discussing and researching and talking about that. But just this past week's episode was, I don't know, probably one of the best episodes of TV ever made. So Yeah, it was pretty awesome. And it's just, you know, Game of Thrones is in that, it's in an interesting place where they're um, starting to diverge more drastically from, from the books because they're in territory that hasn't even been written yet. Uh, but I just thought the, the episode was so well done. And then, you know, 45 minutes in, they s- start this battle scene that rages for about 20 minutes. And it was really, really well done and very exciting. Yes. Super intense. No, I, unexpected. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. This episode. So, I mean, are you interested in reading the books at all? Like, the more I listen to other podcasts, like Watch the Thrones and where they talk about you all know, the, details. the details in the books, and you know, it makes me want to read it more and also not want to read it more, you know? Like, yeah, I think it just makes me want to read it even less. Not oh, that I okay. even wanted to read it to begin with, but. Um, I don't think I'll pick them up. I mean, I've, I've heard they're so good, and I love books so much, but at the same time, it's, like, quite an investment. <laughs> yeah. So, I also saw some trailers just last night. Um, the new Mission Impossible Rogue Nation has a new trailer out. 
It looks amazing. Like, I think they just get better and better. And it's just crazy to think of like the first movie that came out back in 96, almost 20 years ago. And they're still making them and still making them very entertaining. But I also saw, uh, there's a new Macbeth movie coming out with Michael Fassbender and Marion Cotillard. That looks interesting. I don't know that story. Isn't that weird? Yeah, I feel like I've, um, I mean, I know I've read it, but I feel like I've seen another movie and I looked up other movies that have been made and I couldn't really find one that I recognize. So maybe I haven't, but there's a new, um, Spielberg movie coming out too with Tom Hanks, uh, uh, bridges of bridges of spies that, um, I mean, it looks, it looks really good. I don't know if it's something we'll even see just because it, it's not the kind of movie we kind of gravitate towards nowadays, but, right. um, it's about, uh, you know, this lawyer who's kind of forced to defend a Russian spy, I think, um, in order to help the U S you know, get some prisoner back. I don't know. It's seems, uh, like it's a really complex plot just watching the two and a half minute trailer, but, um, it looks good. Made me think of, you know, um, John Adams, how he had to defend the, the British guys, um, during the Boston massacre. You read the book, right? The John Adams book. I know. I like made it part way through, but I mean, it's really good. It's just, I get distracted. It took me so long to, I mean, I, I hate that I can't make it through those. No. Um, but it was just so long. I just couldn't keep going. I, I wonder if I went back and read it now, now that I have more um, experience reading things from, you know, that time period when that's, you know, like I think I got bogged down in all the letters and things where it's just like, Ugh. but now I think it would be more interesting just because I have more, more practiced at that language. So yeah. I, could, I could try it. The other thing is Aquaman has a director, the Aquaman movie. Oh, really? Yeah, James Wan. I guess he's done a lot of horror stuff like Insidious and The Conjuring. Um, but he also did uh, Furious 7. That was a pretty big movie this summer. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited for Aquaman and Jason Momoa. When that first image released, I was pretty stoked. I texted it to a bunch of my friends who don't care. So <laughs> Probably like, wow, yeah, cool, man. Um, But he's also going to show up in the Batman v Superman movie, I guess. So just a little uh, cameo or something. So I'm excited for that. But you have you have anything before we dive into our topics? Um, no. I mean, I tried to watch the French Connection this week because I haven't, um, never seen it, and it's a classic. Um, but I got about halfway through and realized that I had like got distracted and stopped paying attention to what was going on. And so I need to just like really sit when I can, when I don't have other things going on and watch it. Um, so that's a goal for this upcoming week, I think. And then I don't know, our son's going to be 13 tomorrow. That's like really weighing on me. (laughs) And I guess that's, I guess that's it. I feel like I've been so busy with work just because of changing positions and trying to learn new stuff that I've been 
distracted from the fun of of pop things. So, I don't know. All right. Well, I guess we'll just get right into it then. We'll start with the Pastaways. Okay. Which, um, like we said earlier, Dark Horse Comics, written by Matt Kent. The nicest guy around. That's what I put when I wrote his name because that was the first thing that I thought of when we we met him he was just super nice and made us feel comfortable um talking to him which i just have to throw that out there yeah uh and we really like you know almost everything at least i do that i've that i've read of his i really like rye Mm -hmm. uh, the valiant series that's still um in in the works yeah or ongoing is better better way to say it uh but uh, i'm not too familiar with Scott Collins work before this, but I think it, his art really seems to um, fit Matt Kent's style. So the Pastaways is a story about this team of time travelers that travel back 1.2 million years from the future. And is that how much? I guess I missed that. Yeah. They get stranded in the past and where the story picks up, is they've been stranded for a little while and their team is fractured and um, some temporal event happens where they need to come back together and, and find their way back to the future. So. <laughs> um, I like the the misdirect at the beginning when you first open up that book. So the first page and it's like this giant, dragon on a building which is cool and then you turn the page and it's not what you think it's going to be but um um i like i don't know i liked it overall did you like it overall i did um you know i've seen in an interview that he wanted it to be a like a vacation book like not as heavy as time management or time management mind management (laughs) um and and the book is, is entertaining. Yeah. And I feel like it's fun. The, over, the the first arc is very short. Like it's only three issues we've, uh, and it just, just finished up uh, a week or two ago, but, and I don't know if it's that the first arc was so short or what, but I found myself enjoying the reading experience. But at the end of the arc, I, I wasn't really invested in the characters too much yet. Right. Me either. Um, yeah, I feel that way. I mean, overall, I like a lot of the things that the stories do. I mean, obviously, time travel is not a new new thing, so right. I like what Matt they... Kent approaches it a little bit differently with, you know, um, the par- time paradox stuff and how well, he solves that issue. Itself. Yeah, and so that's... Right, that's... so that was... I guess I should have included that in the summary, that these past ways, they can't die. Right. Uh, whether it's through um, just what appear to be coincidences where hundreds of bombs fall around them and they're all duds, or if they're just falling from a building and land, you know, they might get hurt, but um, right. They because come they back. can't be mm-hmm. killed before they've been born. So, um, I mean, yeah. so that's clever. Just, um, I'd really, I'd re- I really liked that. Like, have you, yeah, seen that you don't somewhere have to else? Think about it too much. No, not I don't think so. Because it's always like it's always, you can't do you anything. Be careful, in the past. you can't change anything, and um, 
you know, you can't go talk to your grandfather or whatever, that kind of stuff. Yeah, so I like that that is solved pretty immediately and we can just focus on the other stuff, yeah. you know, like their cool gadgets. And, and it, so it's definitely a lighter time travel story, nothing like, you know. Yeah, I like the um, the little red inset boxes. Yeah, that uh, explain... Like, explain either things from the future or kind of explain things from the present day from the perspective of a future time traveler. Right. I, I thought that was creative and, you know, fun, fun it's little, a, yeah, little footnotes. Um, obviously there's the artificial intelligence element, which is something that my mind always gets bonged down into, you know, where I start thinking about philosophical Things which I don't need to Did get you know, all into. But were we supposed to know that Phil was like I, a, no. an android before the third issue? No, um, I think it was supposed to be because I read all three back to back. Yeah, I didn't, and I reread them. Um, uh, so there, was, I, and I there didn't weren't get it before. Them. If there were any clues, I didn't pick up on them. Yeah, uh, I mean, you, what's hinted at is the nature of the relationship between Phil and. Um, Dude, blonde dude. Yeah, art. Art. Um, so you know that there's tension there. You know that that there's some backstory, and you don't get that until later on. I'm not sure if uh, if if that's something that they're going to continue and try to resolve, or you know, I mean, because ultimately this this team is trying to get back to their own time. And, yeah, there's there's all. I think each um, each member of the team has their own perspective of why they're there and and how they got there and and all that. So that's an interesting way to examine the time travel element. You know, um, is through different personalities and points of view. So I'm interested to see where it goes, but at the same time, it wasn't something that I was like, oh, that was, you know something that I'm super excited for the next one to come out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what, like, obviously the overall arc of the story is them trying to get back to their, their time. But I wonder what the additional threats going forward will be, you know, in this one, it was the, the time manga. I really like the, um, the cover of the second issue. It's, it was just one of those fun, little subtitles and it's enter the time monger it was just you know it's kind of uh silly and campy but in a fun way that fits the series mm-hmm. um well and things keep uh slipping through this like time right rip what do they call it yeah i didn't write it down anyway so there's this tear yeah where things are sort of like falling through from other times and they have to wrangle those issues yeah. um, and they're all like I feel like they're all sort of clues to get themselves back to where they want to go yeah um, and it's it's narrated by Herb so there's have Art. we met Herb? I don't Her, yeah. is Herb the guy with the dark hair? yeah okay okay yeah, the, so. the tech guy or mm-hmm. the travel hog guy uh, but so there's Herb and Art and Phil Marge Marge and Ursula and 
you know, as the story goes along, it's narrated by their, uh, the guy who's basically cataloging their trip for the future because they've come back. I mean, they they came back on like just a research mission just to see what the past was like. Cause, mm-hmm. uh, like observation. Yeah. And, um, you know, as the story progresses, it's stuff they're going through now, but also, I mean, I guess they'd be flash forwards or sometimes they're flashbacks to, um, kind of the origins of some of the characters like Marge is this, um, highly trained knight of some, some organization. I don't, I couldn't really Mm -hmm. tell what she was a knight of, but you, you see some of the trials that she went through and why she's, uh, the way she is. And, uh, like you said, you know, some of the source of conflict between Art and Phil and I, don't know, I, I liked it. So I'm, I'm excited to, to see what the next arc is like. Yeah. Did you have anything else on the Pastaways? No, not unless we want to go into all that AI stuff, which isn't really necessary because it's not, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not really I mean, an issue you, in the book. You've got notes about it that you no, wanted to get into. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. You can move on. We're talking about the whispers. Yeah, so, so you know, go ahead. So I saw this trailer right. for this show, and I was like, ooh, that's interesting, because I love sort of creepy dark things. And I thought for sure, watching the trailers, that it was going to be like some cool ghosty story, uh, like in, in the vein of American Horror Story, but, you know, ABC dirt version, you know, like a... A lighter take, I guess. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, so I was hoping for, like, creepy, creepy, creepy. And it turns out to be creepy, but not, like, the same kind of creepy. So what's going on is there's some sort of invisible entity that is influencing children into doing terrible things to um, adults. And um, the main character is um, Claire, uh, and she has a son who is deaf, and there's also some family history. Her husband's recently passed away. and So there's a lineup of characters that all come together, and they're sort of intertwined somehow. Um, And so that's the the beginning. And then... um, you know, so I guess we'll see where that goes. But it was based on, loosely based on this story called Zero Hour, written by Ray Bradbury, right? Yep. And so um, you, with your forethought, looked it up and read it and then said, hey, I found this and I read it. So, um, which I probably wouldn't have done had you not suggested it, even though I should have thought of it on my own. But um, I don't know. Did I miss anything? I mean, it, it is, it's hard to kind of encapsulate that first episode. It's, it's probably easier to talk about, um, the short story. Uh, but in that, in that same way, like before, before I had watched it for the first time where I fell asleep, um, <laughs> you, you had said, ah, oh, cause I had already looked up the whispers and saw that it was based on this story that was kind of had this this particular plot um which 
is kind of left up to interpretation in the first episode. You know, you're not really sure what is going on. Whereas if you know what the plot of the short story is, you have a better idea of if it's a ghost or if it's whatever, you know, um, what this drill guy is all about. Uh, but, but as far as the show goes, I did like, I liked the structure of the show. Um, you know, I mean, it's structured like any TV show, but it's got all these moving pieces that are kind of converging as the show goes along. And, and at the end of the show, you know, you kind of see where they are going forward. And, you know, when comparing that to the short story, I really liked how they took the short story and adapted it. Cause like you said, it's loosely based. It's, it's the same basic concept concept going on with names where, you know, in the short story drill is playing this game with the susceptible kids under the age of 10 or mm-hmm. something like that and called, called invasion and they kind of they call it like domination it seems in the in the TV yeah. show. And I think um I mean the biggest difference in that area is that you know it's all the children working together under the influence of drill whereas um it's a little bit more it, well it's definitely individualized in the show where they're like slow infiltration. Yeah, in definitely slow because you know they they start off with the one incident and then they were like, well, there was this other incident two months ago. And then you see that there's another incident in the works. Yeah. Whereas the short story is zero hours, like one day building up to zero hour at five o'clock. Right. And, um, I don't know. I, I thought on second viewing when I didn't fall asleep that the, (laughs) that the show was, um, really good. And then I went back and read the short story and I was like that, just reading that short story, you can tell almost when it was written. Uh, you know, in 51, it was written as kind of a future story. Right, it's like the, the retro future. Yeah, and it throws in it. these little yeah. um, technology advances and stuff. But um, it's just it's so well-structured and moves forward so quickly, but you don't miss anything. You get that suspense well, and build. And I think what... Um, Ray Bradbury is sort of a master of subtlety. I mean, cause the thing is about a short story and this is why I love them and, and probably should invest more time into reading. That's what I thought more. after I read it. I was like, I need to find like 20 more of these. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually I have uh, a book of his anyway, the Martian Chronicles, which are a bunch of short stories, but we'll have to dig that out of the garage. But, um, uh, each word is important. You have a limited amount of space in a short story. And so um, you have to like, for it to be a really good story, mastering that subtlety and the way things are paced and the, and everything. It's, it's really a skill. It's harder to do in a TV show where it's spread across a season or a mini season or, or however. Um, I, one big difference that I noticed as far as just the storytelling is how in your face, this concept of the adults being um, oblivious, you know, it's like the kids 
yelling at the parents all that you don't pay attention. Nobody cares. You don't care. You won't know. Whereas in the story, it's a little bit more, I mean, it's definitely more subtle. I can't think of a better word, you know, where it's like you witness it differently. That's, that's harder to portray on screen. Um, I guess it's harder because they made it pretty in your face on the television show, which was one thing that was a little bit, it was like, Oh, well, yeah, I get, I see what you're trying to, you're really trying to drive this point to the viewer. So, well, I don't know. I, I mean, it was pretty in your face by the end of the short story as well, where the mom just is like, well, they, you know, I wonder if children ever forgive us for, you know, uh, all these, all the discipline and all the, the yelling and stuff. And, and it's, super in your face in the, you know, the, I told you, I watched the Ray Bradbury theater episode, the 20, like just uh, from 92, I think. Um, it was, it was an interesting watch. It was, it was watchable, which is good, but it was definitely from 1992. Uh, but yeah, I just feel like it, it drilled it a little bit too hard from every character. I don't know. I, I just felt like yeah. I was like, okay, already. I see the point you're trying to make on the show. Whereas yeah. when they have more time like that, I think that is maybe something that, you know, they need to trust the audience to get it yeah. a little bit more. But I mean, overall I liked it and I want to see what's going to happen, but you know, I, th- I think there needs to be a little bit more fine tuning. I love, yeah. um, how do you pronounce her name? Lily, Lily Rob, Rabe? Rabe? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I like her a lot. She's, yeah, she's in like American Horror Story. She's detective. the FBI investigator. Yeah, detective. Why do I keep saying detective? <laughs> I'm trying to agree with you in what you're saying. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, I liked uh, I liked her. Uh, Milo Ventimiglia from, from Heroes is what is what we know him from. Or, um, yeah, he's, he was he's in something in else recently that... Um, He's in, he's in Gotham, but we haven't. I haven't seen I him haven't in that. I haven't seen any of that. And then there was something else that I feel like recently. No, maybe that was it. Maybe it was just Gotham. I really did like um, the what the show did as far as adapting. I, I liked some of the more subtle things that they adapted into it as well, like all that buzzing in the uh, in the short story, the noise that the alien mm-hmm. aliens make. That's, I don't think at this point we're giving way too much, but by saying drill is an alien trying yeah, to mean, break through least, this, into this dimension, I mean, at least I believe in the story. that that's what's going on. They could go in a different direction in the show. Yeah. It's not completely obvious, but I mean, it could be like some high tech something yeah. that's earth based, but like, it's definitely like, not supernatural. So, yeah. So there's the buzzing noise in the story and then. At one point in the show, the investigators asking the first little girl that we saw trying to kill her mother, um, you know, how he talks to her. And she says that she like points up to the light that's kind of buzzing a little bit. And mm-hmm. she says he talks to me through through that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just thought overall it was it was pretty well done, especially for um, kind of a, a pilot. Or I, I guess it's a pilot. Mm-hmm. Um and I guess it did pretty well. I, for some reason, I just clicked on a link that had the the ratings for it for oh yeah um, for Monday. It and did okay. It did it did pretty well. Um, it followed the Bachelorette. Um, oh. and which, by the way, I'm totally digging. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I actually 
I think it was a variety article that had the ratings. I found it kind of interesting how they were like break, how they break it down as far as ratings, uh, how they sustain for even the second half of the show is determines, you know, or is a determinant in how well it's, it's doing. People haven't turned it off in the first half an hour. Oh, interesting. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's pulled in some pretty good numbers, like five or 6 million, which is funny because uh, long, uh, at one point in time, that would have been nothing, right? Yeah. Like I'm listening to that. I'm still making my way through all the um, old episodes of the X-Files Files podcast. And you know, they talk about the ratings on that when there were whatever, four networks. That including, right. And you just including had no other Fox options. Network. So, yeah. And um, yeah, so I don't know. Looking forward to, um, I think, watching more of the show to see where it goes because they did a really good job yeah. setting up. The series going forward, I think. Um, yeah. I mean, there were, there were a couple of things where I was like, oh, that's a little disappointing. But the yeah. overall, you know, I, I think it's unrealistic. So, I mean, if you well, care, fast forward ahead 30 seconds or so. So, you, so I'm not spoiling anything. But, you know, um, Claire's son is deaf. And then we see somehow that Drill has, like, magically repaired his healing. I mean, his hearing healed his hearing goodness gracious so, um and then you know has like requested that he keep it a secret i think that that's unrealistic to believe that like a child who has like had such a miracle would be able to sustain that as a secret and pretend that he still can't hear you know like parents are not yeah i know that they don't see everything, but like, they're not completely blind or unintuitive, you know, like you, I think you can tell if your child can hear you or not. Like, what if you can get startled by a loud noise? I mean, that's going to happen. Like, how's it going to, you know what I mean? I just feel like that's unrealistic. So I'm, I'm going to see how that plays off. If that really, if that feels like something or if that's that they handle well, or if I'm just going to be like an irritated with that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can definitely see how that might be difficult for them to pull off, but I think it falls into the they're trying to paint the picture of how susceptible kids are to a certain kind of influence, right? But also, his is mother is story. a detective in like FBI children, investigator. yeah, but. <laughs> Oh, right, is an FBI investigator who investigates children. Yeah. So she understands children, and it just seems unlikely to me that that would be a believable thing. So I'm hoping, what I'm really hoping for is that she figures it out and soon. And yeah. maybe he just says, like, I don't know, I can hear. And you know what I mean? But I feel like that's like drill trying to get information, um, you know, by having his secret spy. Yeah, we'll see what happens with that. I wrote down a couple other like unrelated to any plot devices or anything. Things that I just found humorous while I was watching it again, where one of the things was um, the wife is one of the uh, Minx's mothers waiting for a phone call or some kind of message. And she's like getting ready for bed and she touches her, her iPhone to see if anybody has uh, called her and it pops up on the screen. It says no new messages. I was like, my phone never says no new messages. Like, right. announced that I don't have something <laughs> waiting for me. 
I just thought that was funny. Yeah, nothing. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty in your face. And then, I like, guess, like, you know, people will be like, why'd she check her phone? Why are we, you know, I don't know. Maybe yeah. they don't believe that the audience would be able to pick up on that without putting no new messages on there. And then at the end where they're trying to build the suspense uh, for this big reveal at the end, how slowly that photo downloads to her computer. <laughs> right? <laughs> I just thought those were funny. But, yeah. That is funny, and I didn't, like, notice. The, it's funny that those are the kinds of things that you're like, that's silly, you know? Yeah, and uh, then I'm like... Well, that's and that's the kind of stuff that I you know, well, how wouldn't else probably going see to, on the first know, time around. And with um, stuff like cell phones and whatever, you know, chances are good that they would have just texted her that mess, that picture on her phone and she would have received it instantly. I mean, but like, how do you work around the kind of technology that we have today where communication is so instantaneous and like everything's right at your fingertips? Like yeah. how do you build suspense? Well, that's so, one of those. Yeah. I mean, that's something that they talk about with, you know, like I think thriller it, movies and suspense and right. horror movies and they have to like lose their cell phone or the battery has to die or something yeah. early on. <laughs> and but, to bring it back to X-Files, so, you know, they're, like, mm-hmm. how would they do half the stuff they do in the X-Files if, if technology was where it is today? Which yeah. is interesting because they're making six new X-Files episodes. So mm-hmm. Everything come back, comes back to the X-Files for me. Right, nowadays. right now it does, but, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I guess that's all I really had for The Whispers. Yeah. you have anything else on that? No. What's your notable? Um, I have one. <laughs> I guess maybe I have two. Is that okay? I don't know. That's breaking pretty significantly from our... Okay, well, the one is just like half a one, because I only have like the bare minimum information. I will allow it. And you've had two notables in the past. Yep. It doesn't sound right. It it does. It (laughs) is. So, um, you let me know that there is um, a Wicked and Divine, the Wicked and Divine, and the Divine, whatever, anyway, long title, um television show in the works i mean are they just in discussions are they like is it a definite go do you know any more about it do i know more about your notable i do not okay all i well, saw was that it was it's been optioned which oh well that's interesting i hope it goes for me, forward because that's yeah really... doesn't mean much no it seems like yeah but that's exciting my limited knowledge that's yes. exciting um i think that that's a story that would play really well to television if it's done yeah. right um so you know, characters are really cool and interesting. Um, the the sort of larger mystery is one that can be solved, and then something else can happen. But there's like sort of a definitive timeline on the show as far as you know. I mean, these divine beings only have you know a short lifespan, so to speak. They're immortal, but you know they only in the mortal body, right? So, and then my other one is this new cartoon on Disney that I'm having fun watching with, we, we were in Muya, the burger place nearby, and it was on one of the TVs, and it's called Star versus The Forces, the forces of, evil. of Evil, and Disney cartoons that are on, like, Disney XD are the funniest cleverest and like just adorable I I don't even know who creates these perfect things but they're wonderful and this show is hilarious and cute and that's all I need and I'm hooked and the characters are fun 
and it's great. And so I think it's only like five episodes in because, you know, on the Apple TV, Disney XD, that's all that we have. And it only, I missed the first one. It only keeps four. So it's dropped off episode one. But I think that might be the one that we saw in the restaurant. Mm-hmm. So at least I've got a little bit of an idea of what's going on there. But anyway, anyone who enjoys cartoons should check that one out. It's like along the same veins of Gravity Falls, but different. But, you know, it has got gives you that same sort of like, I have a giant grin on my face while I'm watching feeling. So, yeah, I like yay the, cartoons! Um, I like the subtleties in the animation. Yeah. Just the gestures and facial expressions. and it is. I mean, it's really smooth animation too it looks really good yeah it's 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 perfect it's just a perfect cartoon so that's my notable and it's it's fun and it's smart and i liked it Hmm. (laughs) mine i've already talked to you a little bit about them i think or for sure but just a couple documentaries that are either coming out or or in the works um basically documentaries about superhero films that never got made and why they weren't made and so there's two in particular. The first one is coming out this summer in theaters, I think. Hopefully uh, VOD as well. But The Death of Superman Lives, which is the Superman movie they tried to get off the ground for, seems like, years in the late 90s uh, that Kevin Smith worked on the script. They were going to have Tim Burton direct at one point. Uh, Nicolas Cage was going to be Superman, which is crazy to think of now, but... I, I I desperately want to see this documentary uh, yeah. because it just sounds really interesting. And and the other one I think is I'm not sure if it's made or being made, but the the people who are doing it are trying to drum up interest. And I don't know if that's just for publicity or for money, but it's about the um, the Justice League movie that George Miller was going to make uh, a few years ago called Justice League Mortal and just some of the stuff that I've seen and and heard about it make it sound like a Justice League movie that I really want to see <laughs> <laughs> especially after seeing Mad Max a couple times and seeing what George Miller can do you know aside from Happy Feet and some of the other stuff that he's Babe. Um, done yeah Babe 2 <laughs> I think he was a producer of Babe and directed Babe 2 but um yeah, just there's uh, Comic Book Resources has images that are being released, like old storyboards of uh, like a Superman versus Wonder Woman fight scene. Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. Um, and images of the costumes they were going to use. They were being made by Weta, Peter Jackson's um, company that did you know, all the Lord of the Rings stuff. And... Um, I heard the guy who was going to play The Flash, Adam Brody, on, um, well, it was on a Fat Man on Batman podcast, but he had clipped it out of a Plus One podcast that he had done a few years ago where he talked about some of the, the plot line of of the, the story and, um, you know, what his role as The Flash was going to be like. And it was just, it was super interesting. All the, they were going to do the, John Stewart, Green Lantern, with uh, Common was going to play him, and um, Army Hammer was going to be Batman. It just all sounds like it would have been so good. <laughs> but uh, you know, they were even in Australia, like ready to start shooting, and it 
kind of fell apart with the writer's strike and uh, a few other factors that I would like to learn more about in a documentary, perhaps. Yeah, that sounds So awesome. I would definitely watch that. I think that's one that Courtney would like, too. He digs that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, it's nice when he watches documentaries with us. We've already got him on board with the smart people watching. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I guess that'll probably wrap up this episode. Yeah, I don't really have anything else to add. Um, podcast is available on our website at geekchew.com. It's on uh, iTunes and Stitcher. We're on Twitter at geekchew. You can contact us through the website also or via email geekchew at gmail.com and listen, rate, review, just contact us with whatever. We're Comments, questions. Yeah. So, That'll probably do it. Mm -hmm. It was fun. It was smart. We really liked it.